Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we're talking about hospitality and how we can change the world one cup of coffee at a time or tea. I added that because I knew I would get that argument. Well, I don't drink coffee. Uh, There's always some argument or we could call it an excuse. And sometimes they are actually reasons. So I understand that there are reasons not to do hospitality. But today I'm going to tell you three stories about people's lives who they were changed just from a simple invitation. Uh, I like that lovely verse that uh, is in 1 Thessalonians 2.8. We loved you so much. This is Paul talking to the people at the Thessalonian church. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And that's really what hospitality is. It's sharing your life with somebody else. And it can make a difference for eternity. First, an invitation to the one who was new in town. When Jenny was 16, her mother left the family, leaving her dad and her four older siblings. So she was the youngest of five. And although she was raised in a formal church setting, Jenny admits that she really didn't know God. In her 20s, she told me, um, she said, I married poorly, Sue. And she added this, I didn't know what I was doing. I needed someone to make me feel loved and worthy. And this is not a therapy show, so we're not going to go into why she felt that way, but I know many of us have. I met Jenny uh, long after her marriage, and I met her family of, I think at the time she had two boys, and then later on she had a third boy. They had just moved to town, and they attended a church potluck at our church. And I noticed that they were new, so I went over and chatted with them. And I asked her if she'd like to come for coffee. And she thought, she told me later, I didn't think you really meant it or that you would remember. I did remember I asked her, but this was before cell phones, and I didn't think to get her phone number so that I could follow up. And God is so good on two counts here. I was working in retail at the time, and I was working downtown at night, and she came in with um, a baby strapped to her, and I recognized her. And I said, you know, I really do want to have you for coffee. And I don't know if it was at that time I got her number, but the other thing that happened is that I I talked to the Sunday school superintendent, and I said, did, did, it, did you happen to have a record for a new family? The husband's from Australia, and they have a couple boys, and she she did have her number. So I called Jenny and I invited her for coffee and um, we became friends over many coffees and lunches and holiday dinners. They used to come for Thanksgiving and we became close friends. That doesn't happen with every person that I invite. In fact, I wouldn't be able my, even though I'm an extrovert, I wouldn't be able to handle to be best friends with every person who comes for Thanksgiving or comes for coffee So don't panic if you think that when you invite someone that you have to become their best friend. But Jenny and I really clicked, and um, she's probably 20 years younger than myself, So, uh, but I still consider her a peer, and uh, we became close. Uh, Eventually, sad to say, her marriage did not last. 
and she cried a lot, and I cried with her. And we both cried out to God, Lord, please help Jenny raise these three boys. They need a dad. Please be that dad for them. For the last 10 years, I have watched uh, Jenny grow in the knowledge of God and in her dependence on Him. She and her kids come for chocolate chip pancakes after church, simple pasta meals. They're boys, they'll eat anything. And spontaneous drop-ins for simple medical consults from my man in plaid, who's a doctor. Then she moves south to be close to family, and our friendship continued really uh, pretty regularly because she joined a Zoom women's Bible study that I was a part of at my church. And she decided she could fit it in her schedule. It was at 6 a.m. because of COVID. Um, Jenny has, since the last 10 years, she has become a life coach. And she leads women's Bible studies at her new church down in Newport. She lives daily in the truth that God loves and knows her and her sons better than anyone. And she rests in the fact that God made her for his purposes, and he will take care of her and those she loves. Recently, she commented to me, I think it was on Zoom after everybody else had gotten off the Bible study, and she said, God is so faithful he parted the Red Sea, but can he bring a husband for a 55-year-old? I will step into his promises that he will continue to be faithful to me. That is a great statement of faith. When I've shared my own worries with her on the phone, she doesn't even say, let's pray about that, Sue. She just starts praying like she knows a secret that I've forgotten. God knows and loves us both, and He is our mighty Lord and perfect Father. She really lives in that truth. I'm going to say it again. God knows and loves us both, and He is our mighty Lord and perfect Father. And I really don't think she's 55. She's probably 50. But she was calling out to God to say, hey, Lord, can you, can you still bring a husband to someone at my age? We were studying Moses and the Red Sea. Hurt and abandoned, Jenny's struggles didn't magically go away. She will still call me on occasion, uh, very upset about her ex-husband and what's happening with her boys. I was grateful to know her on her hardest days, to listen and to pray and to offer that simple cup of friendship. She had lost her way early on, like we all do, but God had her in the palm of his hand all along. She and I take turns reminding each other on the phone, each holding our own cup of coffee, and sometimes in person, holding on to the fact that the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows those who take refuge in Him. That's from Nahum 1.7. I'm going to say it again in case one of you listening today is feeling like God really isn't paying attention to you and your troubles. The Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. I'm so thankful God brought Jenny to our church potluck so many years ago and that she wanted to come for coffee. We both didn't know what was ahead, but God wanted our friendship to get a head start, and it did. And now I remember to get someone's contact information just in case they need an invitation. 
I tell you this simple story because I've seen how God changes the world one cup of coffee at a time. Tea works too. God shows up when we do hospitality because God is a welcoming God. So we can invite, invite with abandon. That means we go ahead and invite the stranger and not worry about how it's going to turn out. God knows who needs our table and our friendship. And we are more like Jesus when we invite. Next, I want to tell you the story of an invitation to the one who is lonely. When COVID hit, I knew I would need to move my hosting outside. I like to do girls' night in events, but now they change to girls' night outside events, as in outside in our non-manicured, scruffy side yard with the two and a half swings that the dog uses as a toy. Holly will jump on those swings. Well, not on the swings, but she puts the rubber swings in her mouth, and so they are dog-eaten swings. There's an obnoxious lemon tree because the branches really spread out everywhere and there's cracked concrete. My side yard is not pretty nor inviting, but God provided. The man in plaid constructed a triangular wood frame to hang a string of lights from a big tree. I discovered a, a chandelier I had bought on clearance years ago when shabby chic was all the rage and it was still swinging unlit in our garage. And off it went from swinging unlit in our garage to offer ambience rather than light in nature's rafter hanging from that tree. I gathered colorful tablecloths and then swinging the staple gun like a meat mallet on cheap steak, I made art on the old fence, furthering the illusion of a cozy living room. My friend offered old rugs from their garage stash. In fact, my girlfriend's husband said, thank you so much for taking those rugs out of our attic. And I thought, wow, these are real rugs. They were both from Pottery Barn and they just go right on top of our grass. It camouflages the weeds and the grass that tried. And I pull floor lamps outside, snaking the red and black extension cords every which way setting out chairs, benches, and folded throws for chilly nights. It's California, but it's still cold at night because we're close to the ocean. And I was ready to invite. As I finished decorating, uh, I guess you call it decorating when you're staple gunning old tablecloths to the fence, I realized this fact. My neighbor who lived behind my tablecloth fence would know I was hosting a party because she would be able to hear voices. And she was not on my original guest list, and that needed to change. So I texted, want to join us for a girls' night in that's now out? And she answered yes. And she came to one, and then another, and then another. I had another one this week, but she had a cold, so she stayed home. What I found out was this. Diana was lonely she was listless and feeling more than a little worthless. Her life had been her children. And as children do, they grew up and out of her daily care. Her occupation wrenched from her. Diana's feet wavered in the unknown. And she needed connection. She needed connection with her true self. 
and her new purpose. Shortly after one of our evening events, she wrote me this text. Sue, although I was brought up with no religion at all, I've always felt God was there. Despite any formal training, I just always knew. I'm just not sure how to incorporate it more in my life. I could use a lot more God in my life right now. I wrote back to her, come for coffee, let's set a date. It took about two weeks for us to set our schedules straight. And she only lives right next door. That's what happens. We have to sort of fit it into our busy lives. We met three weeks in a row. And I found out she's a tea drinker. I can do tea. I gave her a Bible and a modern translation. And I showed her how to read scripture on her phone. Then how to find the books of the Bible and what the first number meant, the chapter, followed by a colon, then the verse. These were baby steps for a seeking heart. On the third afternoon, Diana read the sinner's prayer and became an official member of God's family. We meet most Tuesdays, and it's a joy to watch her enthusiasm for the word. God led me, for some reason, he led me to share at the very first time we met, Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. I'll read them for you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is what she said. I didn't know that God knew me, nor even cared about me. I just knew he existed. She went on. Now learning exactly what the promises and gifts are brings me comfort. Holding that truth in her heart, she is continuing to seek God's direction for the work he wants her to do. She has new purpose, faith, and the knowledge that she is here for God's reason. I love it. Just this week, she texted me that she um, got a response from a job inquiry she'd inquired about a year ago, and now they're very interested in her skills, and she's so excited. Two weeks ago, I told her that uh, the neighbor on the other side of me um, had COVID. She has two young children. So together, Diana and I put together a meal that we took over there for her. She's learning to learn. Uh, she's learning to appreciate the gifts that God has given her and to share them with others. That's a huge, huge breakthrough. Do you know someone who is lonely? Someone like Diana who is navigating rough seas but doesn't realize that Jesus is in the boat with her? We all have rough seas, but we don't all know that God is here with us. We don't always know how someone is doing because we haven't spent time with them to find out what they're facing. I knew Diana as someone who gardened and I could wave to and who would help take care of my dog because she loves her three dogs. But I didn't know all these other things until she came over. Life is always changing, but we don't always want to change with it. A cup of coffee or tea might be needed to find out what's going on in, I would call it an acquaintance's life. They're not even a friend yet. Can you think of someone who is facing a change, widowhood, empty nest, a new job? a new school, a new life.
We need one another to support us while transitioning. We need to invite the one who feels like they should be doing better but isn't. We need to invite our neighbor. She may be lonely, and you don't know why, but your invitation could be the beginning of their finding God, his comfort, refuge, and guidance. I tell you this simple story because I've seen how God changes the world. One cup of coffee at a time, and I know that tea works too. I'll close today's session with a third story about someone whose life was changed from a simple invitation. Some of you know that I used to work at a local thrift store. And in the month of December, we played Christmas carols all day long. And our daily regular customer named Doug, who lived in his car, would sing along with abandon with those Christmas carols. He would visit all the thrift stores every single day, and we knew that his car was stuffed with a lot of stuff. I said to him one day, Doug, you should join our church choir. He replied, I'm not Catholic, nor was I, but I, uh, this was a Catholic thrift store, so he just assumed I went to the Catholic church in town. I said, no, I go to Grace Church, and we have a choir. You should join it. You have to shower, though. And he said, I could do that quite seriously. And then I said, well, we have three services, so you need to be there at 7.30 in the morning. And then he said, I don't think I could do that. He said it with a grin. Later that month, I asked Doug, what are you doing for Christmas? Well, he replied, I'm waiting to hear back from my brother in LA. It didn't sound likely. A few days later, I saw him again. Doug, would you like to come to my house for Christmas Eve soup and bread potluck? We go to church at 6 p.m. and then we meet up afterwards at my house. Doug didn't make it for church, but he showed up with a tray of cheese and crackers. And I found out later, he didn't eat a thing. A couple months later, he came to church and met the choir director. It was so great. He was standing there in the courtyard talking to me, and there was Al Streeter, our choir director, walking by, probably in a hurry in between services. And I said, Al, can you please meet my new friend, Doug? He has a great voice, and he would like to try out choir practice. And Al is so warm and invited him to come. Doug began practicing with the choir every Wednesday night, and he made it to all three services to sing with his new choir family. Every time he saw me, he would say, Sue, thank you for inviting me. I never would have come if you hadn't invited me. And I would smile and tell him that we are the lucky ones, and don't worry, you have thanked me a lot. One time uh, when my brother Hyatt was visiting and Hyatt was sitting next to me, I whispered to him and I said, down there at the end of the row is Doug and he lives in his car and he now sings in the choir. And um, as the offering plate passed, Hyatt passed a hundred dollar bill to Doug and Doug never forgot that. and would always say, your brother, that gift was so helpful to me. So sweet. Doug also started working with our food bank at Grace Church. So every Saturday morning, he's there passing out food to other people in his position. <laughs> Do you know someone who is not your usual friend type person and could use a friend to give them a hand up and a cup of soup? 
Following that year, Doug came to every Christmas Eve soup and bread potluck. And he always brought cheese and crackers. Sometimes he was late because the choir sang at both Christmas Eve services. He ate a lot and got to know our kids and the regulars who attended each year. Someone in our church rented him a small apartment, and he still went thrifting most days. I'm sad to say that Doug went to glory last February. We were so sad to hear the news. We were honored to be part of his life during his final years on earth. The angel choir got a new baritone, all because of an invitation. I tell you this simple story because I've seen how God changes the world. One cup of coffee at a time. Tea works too. And soup. I was asked recently this question. Sue, do you think that often people will not do hospitality because it's so much work and we're just too busy? And I thought, it is work. Jill Briscoe said, hospitality is work. It's a lot of work, but somebody's got to do it. And by the way, it's not a, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. But any command that God gives us, uh, he enables us to do it. So he'll give you the strength if you're not feeling strong this week. But you see someone who is new in town or someone who might be lonely who stays in their house all day or someone that you meet at a store, perhaps a retail person, and you just think, wow, I wonder if they'd like to come over for coffee. Making coffee is not too much trouble. And you can always say, you know what? I only have an hour. And they will be relieved that they only have to stay an hour because they're busy too. I hope you've been blessed by these stories and encouraged. Like Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Your life also will never be the same when you invite somebody over for coffee or tea or soup and share your very lives. Have a great day. And let me know who you invite. I'd love to pray. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.